All right. How's it going? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and I like when you do the intro like that. That's good. Sup. Sup. <laughs> and welcome to Dark Alignment Podcast. I'm Brittany. And I'm Amy. Also, Aruka Rose on Instagram. And I'm at Britt underscore Oakley on Instagram. Ooh. And, uh... We are a true crime slash astrology podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're on all the platforms. All kind of, of them? Kind, kind of? of? Kind of. Are, Enough of them. Are we being we're honest on a lot about of them. this? We're on, we're we're on, on some lot. platforms. Uh, we'll put the list somewhere. <laughs> the links are in the description. Mm-hmm. It, sure. <laughs> I'm going to say that with confidence because I don't really know. Um, But this is our first show in 2020. So. Oh, yeah. Happy. Whoa. Happy 2020. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Decade. Yes. Here we are in the new year. Um, and it's now February, which is crazy. I feel like January was wild and we recorded. Like, I think January is always like, it feels like nothing's happening and everything's happening. Yes. So I don't know if you guys have felt that energy too, but it's been really wild. Uh-huh. Oh, the, the astrology for January was insane. I felt it. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's be honest, friends. I felt it. Yeah. Um, AF. Mm-hmm. And then Amy and I have actually spent, like, the entire day together today. So yeah. we're, like, real. Doing great. We're, I'm hoping this is a really, like, in-tune episode because somebody celebrated um, the arrival. Not not the actual not arrival, the arrival. But the, we had baby uh, sprinkling. The expectant expectant arrival sure we're like hey this Uh, baby's coming soon (laughs) let's party by presents Mm -hmm. and play games had a baby shower baby sprinkle baby sprinkle um Um, and everybody voted because amy does not know um what we we don't know the gender Mm -hmm. we've decided to keep it a secret uh well not a secret because we don't know (laughs) it's secret from the universe yes kind of uh so we wanted it to be a surprise that's what i'm looking for i love it and so we had people guess on the gender, and then the babies do on the cusp of Pisces and Aries, so we have people guess what they think the zodiac sign will be. Yes. Um, the overall consensus yes. was a girl, Aries. So we'll see um, <laughs> we'll what see. happens with that. It was I'm awesome. needing more girl Pisces. That's what I yeah, want, that's what but I'm that's thinking. because I'm a girl Pisces. <laughs> um, so also, I would like to say mm-hmm. I won a baby shower game, you guys. And it's kind of the most ridiculous one. I won Which the baby, like, guess the baby food. So I ate yeah. baby food, mm-hmm. and I guessed that it she, was... She knew what it was. Mm-hmm. It was I, banana pear. Banana pear. Uh, yes, pear. banana pear. I stomped the competition. <laughs> Nobody else got either of those fruits correct. And I won this amazing candle that I wanted to... Wow. Make. Ooh, wow. Candle, ooh. Get okay. out candles. So I'm excited about my candle. It smells amazing. I'm mm-hmm. going to use it for my baths. It's like yes. the perfect, I like the dark energy candles I thought it was fun. And it's yes. like, yeah. And it's like very simple, minimalistic, but kind of witchy. Kinda yes, like, that's exactly yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And the scent is really witchy. The yes. scent is, what is it? Crypto menth. Mint with Some the of the names, the names they came up with were really cool. Sounds pretty I have fucking one fancy. Over. Mine says uh, Twilight Lavender. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So now I have Twilight Lavender. So that's been kind of like our morning, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see. Our last two episodes, and to do a recap. So last time we were here, we did the Columbine mm-hmm. killing. So Amy did a sinistry reading, and check I told that out. Yes, check that it was out. Really cool. <laughs> I told the survivor um, mm-hmm. story, like I told it from the perspective of the survivors of Columbine, mm-hmm. 
And then the week before that, we did Jeffrey Dahmer. So if you have not listened to Jeffrey Dahmer, that's episode you nine. You have to learn about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. So yeah. this is episode 11, which is just really crazy. We've um, done so many. <laughs> if you haven't already liked and subscribed and followed us, please do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, we would love to have you your hit the support. bell, too, and get a notification. That way you don't miss mm-hmm. this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, we bonus content for Patreon is going to be live we have already recorded it, so we started it's a new up. thing mm-hmm. that we just kind of came up with where mm-hmm. it's like Amy's prediction. So it's... A couple sh- minutes. Yeah. couple minutes of me glancing at the chart before I hear the story because I don't really remember a lot of the stories. Like, no. I'm, I'm always interested in true crime, obviously, but I don't retain it for yeah. very long. I commit it to memory so hard that, like, people <laughs> can ask me about specifics or they'll say something about an episode mm-hmm. we did like you know eight months ago and, and you'll like, have you'll be I'm like it. no no let me tell you everything like I it just I don't know it's I encode it mm-hmm. in a way that it stays with me forever but yeah I can give a few ideas of how I think this person's gonna be before hearing about what they what they did so if you would like to mm-hmm. um hear that and hear mm-hmm. Amy's predictions and just kind of like her forethought on uh the person that we are doing today. So far, she said I did pretty good. So. She was fucking nailing it, and she didn't even know it, and so I was going crazy trying to, like, not... She wants to spill. Oh. She wants to just start talking. But She's I have so to say that. to start telling the story. I had to save that for you guys. So we're going to get into it here shortly. I do have one more, okay. like, a shout-out. Yes. yes. So this is crazy. Um, I have a super cool coworker, Katie, what's up? Um, so Katie lives in Illinois and mm-hmm. we've only worked together. She's new to my company. So we kind of like made a really cool connection. She's awesome. And living in Chicago, awesome. she's in Gacy land. Like she lives in like Gacyville and she started listening to the podcast and listen to that episode. And she reached out to me about like a one degree of separation. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's more like two degrees of separation mm-hmm. from this story um, so she actually sent me pictures of her uncle carrying the bodies out of Gacy's fucking house. So it's like... I can't imagine she, yeah, knowing she, someone like... Yes! And there's more yeah. to that story that I like can't really say because, you know, mm-hmm. we want I want to respect people's privacy and like their story and Obviously, some of the things yes. that are going on there. But it was so cool. She actually sent me the picture of him carrying the body out and she like circled it and like pinged it to me on chat at work. And I was just like, you're so like, cool. What? So okay. Katie, you're <laughs> fucking awesome. Thank you for sending that to me. And anybody, if you have any connection to oh, yeah. anyone we've covered. We had someone on our Instagram comments talk about uh, going to elementary school with either... With one of the Columbine shooters. Shut up. I don't can't remember. Did you see that Columbine? No! <laughs> you, need, you need to go look Shut up. Shut up! Somebody, yeah. They knew him when he, like, young, when he was younger. Okay. That's fucking, that's fucking cool. <laughs> if you have any sort of connection to any story that we talked about, um, please share it with us. Like, share why you mm-hmm. like it. Share what you think is cool about it. Yes. We love hearing it, and we love connecting with you guys. So thank you for those of you who have interacted with us. It's, it's so cool. Like, we love it. So keep it coming. Thank you. And without further ado, we are going to talk about John List. So most people know this story more so as the List family murders because John List actually committed familicide and annihilated his entire family. Great. And I'm staying true to my resolution, you guys. I know it's February, but I'm not going to fuck it up. Oh, yes. My resolution is citing my sources. I'm, I'm doing good. So, I watched a YouTube documentary called The Worst Massacre in American History, John List. So, it actually, 
I was very surprised to know that it included interviews with him. I've oh. never seen an interview with him before. I know this story. I've known this story for a long time. But to see his stupid fucking face, like, and hear him talk about this, it was so upsetting. I was getting pissed off. I kept having to pause it because I was getting, like, mad at him. I was just, and I was yelling, fuck you, at the like, TV. Yeah. So, you know. You, yeah, the I way can see I do. you doing that, yeah. Uh-huh. I was, <laughs> he, I was mm. he made me feel really furious, like, the way he talked about his crimes. And that, it was just adds so much it's so insulting i could see that it's so fucking insulting he minimizes the shit out of Mm -hmm. it i'm just like you are such a dick i like genuinely Virgo mercury placement Mm -hmm. yeah it's rough so um the youtube documentary uh the interviews and then some other bullshit i already knew about the case (laughs) that i'm not sure how some of it i can't cite because i don't know how i know it i just do um (laughs) So, we're going to go ahead and get into his young life. So, John List was an only child with no relatives. Can relate. (laughs) Um, And his dad was hardworking and very, very stern. Mm -hmm. So, his mother doted on him and, like, was really loving towards him. And they were all really devout Lutherans. Right. So, very, very religious. Um, he was raised to be religious and believed it was super important to be, like, a good Christian. So yeah. he was very, like, by the book, this is the rules, this is how we do it. Um, and at this point, he also really learned how to repress his feelings and keep everything inside of himself. So yes. that was something from a young child that he was able to do. He just sucked it up, buried all his emotions, and just kind of, like, mm-hmm. went on with his life and... I feel like that's that's kind of the phenomenon of a lot of our culture, like, puts that on young boys, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I also would like to add, I didn't even talk about when he was born. He was born September 17th, 1925. So you're talking, like, wow, when yeah. he was a little boy, we're talking the 30s and 40s. Like, mm-hmm. shit was... When I say stern, I mean, it's like, we're going to beat you with a belt kind of stern. (laughs) Like, that's, it's such a different time. So, um, for context, that's important to include. I apologize for not mentioning Mm -hmm. that sooner. (laughs) So, we're going to move on to his early adulthood. After he graduated from high school, this is where you're going to, this is where you nailed it. He fought in World War II in Germany and witnessed some, uh, like, extremely violent combat during the first week of war. You fucking nailed it. That's why I was freaking out. I was like, oh, God. Um, So after that, he attended college in 1946. Mm -hmm. So he's home. He got a degree in business administration, which is, Mm -hmm. like, that's a solid degree, especially if you don't know what the fuck you're going to do. Oh, for real. That is, like, super solid. So he was, you know, had plans. He moved to Virginia, and at this point, he meets his soon-to-be wife named Helen. Um, and I put, she was a 25-year-old widow, and then in parentheses, I put, but how? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, that's so young to be a widow. It I guess I was like. Young. I guess, and there's plenty of things in the 20s and 30s that. Yeah, this is 1940, so oh, yeah. Well, still. Even but, though. I mean, still, not that much different, but I, mm-hmm. I just put, but how? <laughs> so, um, then this part. Are you ready? Okay. So they started dating. Mm-hmm. They got married after only three months, which is like bad call. Um, mm-hmm. It was all very Lutheran. Like the ceremony was real Lutheran. Um, he was evaluated by a psychologist in prison, like after he was arrested, like years and years later. Mm-hmm. And he um, called his marriage to Helen. This is part of what pissed me off about him so much. 
he like literally called it, I'm going to direct quote, the first disappointment, the first of several disappointments in my life is what he said okay. about his fucking marriage. Okay. So I can see that with his chart. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know you kind of alluded to that and I was like, oh yeah, there's relationship problems where he like thought his marriage was a fucking disappointment. Oh. Um, what an asshole. So, apparently, he was forced to marry Helen because she said she was pregnant. And, um, turns out she wasn't. Mm. He resented the <laughs> shit out of her for years and felt like she misled oh him to goodness. to marry her. And it's like, mm-hmm. calm down, bro. You're not, you're not fucking special. Like, stop it. Um, but he hated confrontation, too. So, he, like, repressed all those feelings and just really resented mm-hmm. her for a long time. And now, this section's called, We're Happy, Let's Have Kids. <laughs> now that you're not pregnant and we're married, um, let's have kids. So they actually have three children. Um, and at this point, uh, Patty is the oldest. She is 16 years old. They have John Jr., who is 15. And then they have Frederick, who is 13. So, like, they're all born within four years of each other, which sounds insane and terrible. Um he appeared on the surface to be, like, a really attentive parent, but mm-hmm. honestly, who knows? Like, I don't know what's going on <laughs> with this family. Um, he thinks he did a great job in his fucking prison interview, and he says he loved them all. <laughs> Vomit. Um, apparently, he was unable to express his feelings. Um, we all feel so bad for him. <laughs> These are my notes I was writing while I'm watching this. I was so angry. Um <laughs> He was also pretty inconsistent as far as, like, career went. So this is... Okay, are you ready to have your mind blown again? Okay, yeah. Because you said this. So they moved around a lot for him to find work. Um, (laughs) They struggled a lot, and he was an unsuccessful fuck. My notes are hilarious on this. I can feel the hatred. Um, He was actually let go from every single job, and not because of performance, because of his garbage personality. <laughs> like, everybody fucking hated him. Okay, I can see that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to take more notes this time. Okay. <laughs> so, finally, he gets his big break. And he gets hired as the vice president of the First National Bank of New Jersey. So, he's, like, balling hard at this point. And now, let's talk about him being a dad. How, what kind of dad is this guy? Intense. Intense. That's actually, you called that right from the get-go. And Stern. Yes. Yeah. So as soon as he had the money, because like when he got that VP position, mm-hmm. I mean, it came with a fucking lot of money, like a really good payout for that. Um, and then he immediately bought the family a giant mansion. Okay. Uh, but well, he, he probably really cared about how things looked. Oh, appearances yeah, were like a big deal. His, his uh, what he's known for mm-hmm. really matters, yeah. Right, because so yeah. far he's just known for having a shit personality <laughs> and being bad at life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and his religious stuff—he was probably really, really oh. putting that out there as like a, oh, but look how religious. You know, too. he was uh, yeah. putting that out there in a yeah. way that like grossed people out. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was probably disgusting, based on <laughs> my vibes from him. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, with buying the giant house. He didn't really want to do it. He really didn't want that, but Helen did. Okay. So that's a that's another like point of resentment for him. He actually borrowed money from his mother to buy the house too. Mm-hmm. So um, he was basically like an accountant at this point, like living in his dream home. He lived with his his mom, 
his wife and his three children. So his elderly mother actually lived with them on the third floor. She had like her own apartment kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know how it is when you've got that <laughs> loft apartment in your home and you're like, mom, I got, I got you. Um, <laughs> we all, we can all relate to that. And of course they were all very strict Lutherans, really active in the church uh, people described him as being, like, quiet overall. Mm-hmm. They referred to him as, like, soft-spoken. These are, again, the way that people Probably perceived him. Probably almost schemey. People thought he was just, like, this nice, quiet guy. Like, mm-hmm. soft-spoken, okay. deeply religious, very mm-hmm. introverted. So, he yeah. probably had his guard up at all times. Very people probably really reserved kind of appearance. Yes. Yeah. It's very, Virgos can come off like that. So, like, their whole family was like this, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were never really, like, any red flags for anybody because this seemed just like their personality. Like, this is just how this family is. This is it their... Suit, it, like, fit in line with the status right. quo. So, this is yeah. their vibe. This is what they are. This is what they do. They live in this mansion. They're all quiet and soft-spoken and introverted and religious, and they mm-hmm. love being Lutheran. So, he was also, like, known as being a super nerd, and people referred <laughs> to him as the kind of guy who mowed his lawn... In a Tedious. suit. No, in a suit. Oh, in a suit? Because he suit. cares about his appearance. Because he's a fucking <laughs> joke of a human. Um, yeah. He takes himself so seriously. To me, that's like he really Jupiter bro. and Capricorn. Like, this is all like a lot of... <laughs> okay, of you're ahead. getting it. Yes, go ahead, go ahead. this is fun. I'm I interrupting like... you, but... No, I love that I he did the predictions fun. and yeah. it's just like... This I feel is, like I got a jump start on him a little bit. This is really fun mm-hmm. for us. I like it. I can't wait to see what the full reading turns out. With this, like, this is a different energy for us, too. Yeah, this is great. Okay. So we're experimenting. <laughs> With knowing a little bit before. Um, so from the outside looking in, everything looked great, but those marital problems were, like, boiling up under the surface. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he's not going to be able to let that go. That intensified his, like, overbearing, um, and not my words, <laughs> and I put, I, like, overbearing was what was used in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And I put, not my words, we don't victim blame here at Dark Alignment. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do not. We would never. So he was, like, overbearing to the people who lived with him. Um, and then after a year at the bank, this fuckhead was fired again. He uh, didn't fit in and nobody liked him. So that was, like, the major downfall. Mm-hmm. He was such a failure and he, like, couldn't provide for his family. And then he decided to hide that. He pretended he didn't get fired, actually. He um, faked having a job because he was super ashamed, which is just, like, pretty wild. Like, you're the provider for your household, and you're just going to pretend you have a job. So he would put a suit on every day, leave the house, drive to the train station, get on a train, ride that bitch around town, and then fucking try to make everyone else think that he was, like, Hot shit, like doing stuff, and then <laughs> oh, that's really yeah. yeah. So he can like at this point he starts to see his family as like this huge burden, mm-hmm. you know. That's his escape is mm-hmm. like this this like mode of like travel and delusionment mm-hmm. and feeling like he can express himself. I'm still pretty <laughs> special. I got on the train today, bitch. Like that's kind of his vibe, and it's really weird to me. Um. So, he was really resentful of his family, and he continued this shit for five years. And secretly worked, like, a bunch of random, like, bullshit jobs. So, this guy is a, like, 
to do that for five years, like what kind of like master manipulator do you have to be to like keep that up? And also (laughs) that sounds exhausting. Mm -hmm. That sounds so stressful. Like having, feeling like you have to do that every day and live this like other life for so long. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy. So now let's jump to the next section. It's called murdering times. And it's not great, so buckle up. This is the trigger warning. You're about to hear some fucked up shit. So far, we've been a pretty smooth ride. We've just been hearing about somebody who sucks at life. Now he's going to suck even harder. Um, he was getting really desperate and didn't know what to do. He's been, like, fucking playing this game for five years. Mm-hmm. He contemplated suicide. But that would make him go to hell, you guys. And... Mm-mm. Nope, not not John that. List. He not was like, that. not me. Not today, Satan. Not going to hell. So, you know, he, he's got to come up with another solution. Right. Even though he should have done everyone a favor and gone with plan A. The next best option was just, you know, murdering everyone. It's fine. Not going to go for help. No. That. Apparently, <laughs> um, that puts you on the fast track to heaven. That, I know that that's you... Not a, that's not too far, but... So, here's the reasoning behind this, which is, like, the psychology of this is nuts Mm -hmm. to me. I mean, I hate to say that. I don't mean to say... Oh, no, I understand. You know what I'm saying. You Um, understand. You guys understand. Guys, it's... Right? Right. I'm so sensitive to mental health things. Like, y'all should know that about me by now. But (laughs) if you don't, I'm saying it again. Um, So, in his mind, poverty was a horrible sin that he thought was worse than murder. Yeah. So poverty was like the ultimate shame, the ultimate sin. Um, so religion like really fucked up his view of the world yeah. here. Um, and about a week before the murders, he started to prepare what he was going to do. So very premeditated. He wrote letters to the schools um, that his kids went to. They received letters informing them that each of the children would be absent for an extended period. He claimed they were making an emergency trip out of town to North Carolina to um, care for a sick relative. So it sounds really legit. He's writing an official letter, probably before you even... He probably knew how to do that. Yeah. Like, well. Yeah. yeah. He definitely um, (laughs) planned, like, every detail of this. Uh, And then on the morning of the murder, this is so gross, you guys. Like, this is sad and and really a bummer, so... Bear with me. I'm going to try to just, like, push through it real quick. Um, He had breakfast with his children that day and tried to act normal so they wouldn't be suspicious. And that is a direct quote from him. Oh, my God. I'm sure. The kids left. I I heard him say it on the fucking Mm -hmm. documentary. Um, The kids left for school, so he went out to the garage. He um, got his, he got his murder fork, a.k.a. a gun, um, ready for business. It you was called it a murder fork. A murder fork. That's okay. just what I felt like calling it. Oh, you did. Okay, I wasn't sure if that was what he called it. His murder fork. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why I, I said that. I get it. I get it. All right. You know, he's just doing stuff. Um, <laughs> it was a 9mm that belonged to his dad, and then mm-hmm. he got a second gun, a twenty two caliber pistol from his war days. And then when his wife came down for her morning coffee, he fucking shot her dead in, like, point blank. So, right in the head. Wow. Execution style. One down. Four to go. (laughs) Buckle up. Because next he went after his mother. Oh, wow. Um, And she's like 86 years old. 
So, also, we're talking, like, a frail elderly woman, which just is so heartbreaking. So, he walks upstairs to the third floor where her little apartment was, her little setup. Um, she was starting to eat breakfast and asked what the noise was because she had heard the gunshot. And he was like, oh, it's probably something out back. And he made it seem like that was his reason for being up there was, like, he heard the noise. And right. Like, I heard a sound. I'm up here to check on you. And so, um, then... She, his mom gave him a kiss. Like, oh, you're so sweet. Thank you for checking on me. And that's, like, fucking heartbreaking. And then uh, he kills her, too, and shoots her. Yeah. Then he goes back downstairs to clean up the uh, scene from Helen. So he wants to get that done before the kids get home. You know, they can't see their mom there. Then they'll know what's going to happen to them. So it's horrible. Uh, in his interview, he said he was amazed by the amount of blood. and um, It's crazy he, how much is in there. This line, this is fucked up. He added that Helen's false teeth were all over the floor and the table. Like, they're, it's fucking everywhere. So a hassle. Mm-hmm. And he says this, like, so blankly, too. And then, mm-hmm. like, so he drags her body into their ballroom. Yeah, these people have a ballroom in their house. Um, and he, like, lays her in the floor. So Okay. And at that point, um, he goes to the bank once he's got her settled and withdraws $2,000 from the account that he shared with his mom. And I looked it up, and today, $2,000 in today's money would be $12,400. So Dude. That's some fucking okay, that's a lot. inflated shit right there. Um. <laughs> And then he went to the post office to put a stop on their mail. So nobody's coming to deliver any mail. Then this bitch-ass loser goes home and eats a fucking sandwich and waits for his unsuspecting children to come home from school. Like, he could eat. He just killed his mother and his wife, and now he's, like... You gotta like, have energy to keep going. The fact that he could eat after that, and, like, right. it's so disgusting to me. It's so disturbing. I hate it so much. Um... So, he had plenty of time between those crimes, too, to, like, think about what he had done. And he was still like, yes, this plan is fire. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, more triggers coming, you guys. Because we're getting into the children now. And this part's really sad. And mm-hmm. really... It, this part is actually, like, super fucked up. Um, Patty was the first one to get home. So, 16-year-old Patty. And her dad snuck up behind her and shot her in the head. Whoa. So, she didn't even see it coming. I hope that it was quick and painless for her sake. Poor baby. Um, He moved her to the ballroom also, placed her body next to Helen's. Okay. Then the youngest son, 13-year-old Frederick, was the next to die. So, he got shot the same way. And then instead of waiting for his third child, his middle child, Mm -hmm. uh, John Jr., to come home, this fucking dick is like, I'll pick him up from school. So that's exactly what the fuck he does, which is, ugh, woo. So he went and watched his son play his last soccer game. So he's in public. That's crazy. He's just killed four of his family members. He has one family member left. And he's just gonna go like, man, sit in the stands. He's at the bleachers. Go, John. I can't imagine that. It's Can you imagine sitting, up. like, people sat next to him at the, in the bleachers, uh-huh. probably, and just didn't know? And if you were one of those people, I want to talk to you, so oh please let God. us know. If you sat next to John Liston, some bleachers one time. 
Um, but it's just really disturbing. It's really sad. It's disgusting. So you watch the game. They ride home in the car together. And this poor kid has no idea his entire family is dead. And his father is about to murder him. So within minutes of walking into the house, um, he was shot in the head. But he did not go down easily. And his dad actually had to keep, or didn't have to, chose to, keep shooting him for a total of ten times. And then this asshole had the nerve to say none of his family members suffered. Keep telling yourself that, Dick. Like, that was his, he legit made these, this is why I hated him so much. This is why, like, I'm so angry talking about him. He was going to talk about it in such a practical, detached Mm -hmm. kind of way. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. None of them suffered. It's fine. Like, they all, like, really enjoyed it. But it makes sense because blah, 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 blah. <laughs> his ability to rationalize. Um, it In the interview, his responses were, he, th- he actually said, no one suffered. How compassionate. And then he laughed. I was just disgusted, and I hate his fucking face. So, after the murder... List said that he felt really relieved. Everything went as planned. He used the term uninterrupted because he sucks. And then he finally felt like a success and was like, I'm relaxed. I did something successfully. Like, mm-hmm. everything else in my life has been a failure, but God, I'm good at this. Um, he sat down in the kitchen for another meal because he earned it. And he feel, he's feeling good about it. And I think I hate him more than Gacy also for this. Um, He straightened up the kitchen. He went upstairs to bed. He got a really good night's sleep. And he actually said, this is the best night of sleep he had had in a long time. Now that my entire family has been murdered by me, I am feeling good (laughs) about it. All of his troubles, he just thinks he murdered them away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and I put, good for you, shitface. Mm. The next day, he decides to turn the thermostat down to 50 degrees, which mm-hmm. was actually kind of intelligent. He was intelligent. I mean, yeah. he did that to He's slow yeah. and prevent decomposition. He turned on all the lights in the house. And then he turned on his favorite radio station, the funeral home soundtrack of, like, classical music. Um, so he thought that, like, having loud music playing in the house would deter people from, like, coming to check it out. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, like, a a tactic to keep people from entering the house. Like, oh, it's super chill here, you guys. They're listening, they're listening to funeral music. It's fine. Like, we don't need to go check on it. And also, that's why he left the lights on. So he wanted to look like people were there. And he actually wrote his confession letter. So. Right. So, like. Okay. He wrote a full confession of what he had done and why. And now the discovery. Because he has this, like, sense of morality. Yeah. Still. He's got to write the letter. And I actually saw excerpts of the letter. I made a photo gallery for us um, online. So we'll share the pictures on Instagram Mm -hmm. and Facebook. And and, Patreon, probably, yeah. And Patreon and everywhere. So be sure, again, follow us on social media to see kind of the the fun. extra things. The fun extra pieces of this. Um, so for several weeks, the house was totally silent. <laughs> All the lights were left on, so the house was wow. lit up at night. Like, if mm-hmm. you drove by, it's this mansion, which is all the lights on. Like, every single light on. And then one by one, over time, the light bulbs started to burn out. So, 
This made neighbors really suspicious. Right. It made people kind of feel eerie. Like, they would notice just, like, one room at a time was going dark. Which, like, ooh, like, weird. gives me creeps. Weird. Yeah. Um... So, a neighbor decided to call the police, and mm-hmm. at this point, no one had seen the family for almost a month. Wow. Everything seemed to be in order, though, by the looks of it, and of course, like, the notes mm-hmm. that he sent to the schools, and the stopping of the mail, like, everybody was like, oh, they're out of town, like, that's yeah. a, no need to worry, um, but this is, this is the kicker. It was unclear whether or not John's elderly mother, she was actually 85, I think I said 86 earlier, she was 85. People were not sure if she went on the trip with them or not. So then, who knows? Yeah. Ooh, that's so because a good of that, to have police were on. yes, police yep. were concerned enough for a well-being check. There and we go. Yes. So that was actually a really. Um, I'm glad that mm-hmm. it sucks they were all like there yeah. for a month, but finally that gave cause to go into the house, um, and mm-hmm. the police entered through an unlocked window. And they just kind of started looking around, and they saw a light on um, on the second floor, mm-hmm. and it was just enough to, like, barely see. So it was really dark in the house. The house was just massive. Um, and in the entryway, they noticed what appeared to be blood on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then, again, like, the, the classical music is still playing. So there's an intercom system in this house. Yeah. So he's blasting the shit over an intercom. Can you imagine how creepy that is to be in, like, a dark mansion? You see blood on the floor. It's been empty. Like, lights are all burnt out. And there's this fucking creep-ass music playing. And it's cold as shit in there, too. Yeah. It's, like, really cold. So, everything about this is just, like, really uninviting, like, to be an investigator walking into this scene. I can't imagine. Um, so... Investigators said that it sounded, again, like the music you'd hear in a funeral parlor. So it was real, real depressing. I'm imagining, like, organ music, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like, Phantom, Phantom of the Opera style, <laughs> like, organ music. Um, and they eventually made their way to the ballroom. And that's where they found the three children and Helen. And they were all dead. For a while. Stuffed into sleeping bags and had their faces colored. Or colored? Co- covered. Covered. Um, they, I, if he colored on their faces, I swear to God, I wouldn't put it past him. He's such a jerk. Mm. Um, and they were laid out in a nice, neat row and they'd all been shot in the head. Wow. I've seen the pictures of this and it is really fucking sad. It's really fucking sad. So don't worry. I did not put that in the photo gallery. I wouldn't do that to you. Um, so they see the middle John Middle John, middle child, I'm mixing up my words now. The middle child, John, had multiple bullet wounds, and um, they realized that the mother was nowhere to be found, that John's mm-hmm. mom was not there. So they're like, "Right, where the fuck is she? So they start to search the rest of the house, which, again, I'm sure was terrifying. Mm-hmm. They weren't sure um, whether it was like a mass murder, a mass suicide, like... Police at this point did not know what was fucking going on because two family members are still missing. So they're like, okay. Right. Um, <clears throat> the investigators on the scene were called feeling like the perpetrator was still in the house. Like it had bad energy enough to where they could feel his presence and felt like somebody was going to almost like, jump out. Oh, like, uh, yeah. Like those bad that. vibes. And then after about 45 minutes of searching, they uh, found Alma, which is John's mother. Mm-hmm. And John is still missing. It's like, who, where can he be? where is this one? Yeah. (laughs) Where's that bastard? Well, he left a five fucking page note to his pastor. Wow. Explaining Explaining. 
everything mm-hmm. he did, admitting but it. But this is why. This is why. And, I, and here's some here's some Virgo energy for you. The tone of the letter was quote detached and yeah. meticulous. <laughs> That's exactly it. And he confessed that um, he was facing bankruptcy, so he killed his family to spare them from what he believed was the sinful effects of poverty. Mm. Fuck you, dude. Mm, wow. That's horrible. What an excuse. He wrote in the letter, At least I am certain that all have gone to heaven now, and I had to do this. He ended mm-hmm. the letter with a chilling detail, and this is where he, like, told them where his mom was. Even though they had already found her, he said, P.S., mother is in the hallway in the attic on the third floor. Just, like, so, that's talking about his own fucking mom mm-hmm. that he killed, and he just can say it like that. It just speaks to his character. Mm-hmm. And, like, and he's how... not an emotional type of, yeah, no. His emotions are so buried and <sighs> cold, it's like. Yeah, this is very, very cold-blooded. Um, also in the letter, he voiced his concern about his daughter Patty's desire to become an actress, which he thought was going to interfere with her being a Christian. So, better just... So now they are going to find him. Find that fuckhead. Police launched an international manhunt, uh, to try to find him, Mm -hmm. and they put out an APB for Chevy Impala. They had an entire month head start, so or he had an entire month head start, so mm-hmm. it was like really hard to catch up with him. And at this point, he was two thousand miles away, had boarded a train heading west, started living in a hotel in Denver, changed his name to Robert P. Clark, which is super lame. Um, he worked as a cook at a hotel restaurant in the outskirts of town, and he was like living it up. He established a whole new identity. And he loved his new life. Like, he was yeah. really happy. Because this is his dream escape. Like... He's done it. Yeah. He's done it! Um, so he claims to have felt remorseful, but all of that faded over time, and then he says that it didn't really cross his mind anymore. He's a winner. Um, he said he was just thankful that he was living a stress-free life. Oh. <laughs> that must be nice. Uh, He starts working again as an accountant and meets a new lady through church, of course, at the age of 61. Mm -hmm. And no one knew he was a monster that murdered his whole family. And he ends up living this life and being on the run for 18 years before he's caught. It's insane. Like, yeah, (laughs) that's longer than any of his children lived also. Oh, that's a good point. I, I This added is like that in more there. of his life than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Patty was only sixteen, so he had freedom. And he, they had kids like right after getting married too. Yeah. So it's like he really did have a second life. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. He's so that's upsetting. Um, and he was one of the most wanted fugitives on the FBI's list, wow. and. Uh, all the tips they got, like, ended up kind of leaving, leading nowhere, and the case was cold, but people mm-hmm. still remembered it. And then, the show America's Most Wanted is what finally brought him down, which is awesome. Thank you, Citizen Detectives, for, like, tuning in, watching mm-hmm. that. Like, mm-hmm. it's so cool, like, yeah. people calling in tips. That's a good and, point. I yeah. Think about that as, like, a... A ramification of the show being on. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah, it yeah. promotes, like, people getting to be involved. And, like, 
when there's somebody that's just absolutely missing and police have exhausted their efforts and they only have so much of a budget mm-hmm. to work on these cold cases and sometimes like they do I need mean, the you help. Can't, you don't get like marketing for cases normally, but for a show, right. like, yeah. Right. And, and that's the mission of mm-hmm. America's Most Wanted, of course. You know, John Walsh is mm-hmm. amazing. And his horrible, tragic story about the loss of his son, Adam. And that was, that story is a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. So if you've never looked at that story, it's it's so sad. Um, but John Walsh has really been a big part of making sure crimes have been solved. And, like, being an advocate, which is just amazing after all that family's been through. Um, so this is a really weird thing about John List. The show America's Most Wanted um, was actually his favorite show to watch. Well, I'm sure Isn't it was. that like? <laughs> um, and actually, America's Most Wanted did. He was probably really interested in this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, he really was. And like, they were reluctant to even air anything about him because they just thought he was so impossible mm-hmm. to find. They almost like didn't even want to talk about it. But thankfully, they did. Mm-hmm. And then, like, John List, I mean, Robert Clark, excuse me. Um, he, he encouraged everyone in his life to watch it, which is insane. Weird. Just yes. to see how, if he... This is a great show! Check it out! Like, it's weird. So, um, one of the main ways they caught him is a sculptor did an age progression wax head, like, sculpture wow. of him. And it was amazing, like, how dead on it was. It was, like... So accurate that his mm. next door neighbor ended up calling him in. So, like, good no, old... this is too, too similar. This is too, yeah. Good old Bob Clark. Wow. Um, 11 days later, the FBI showed up at his house, and uh, he was at work. So his new wife was there and answered the door, and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, she's oblivious to any of, any of his past. Wow. Um, she told him exactly where to find them because she thought there was no way it could be him. She was like... You know, apparently you guys have the wrong guy. You just need to, like, it's mis- mm-hmm. misidentification. Like, just go talk to him or whatever. Um, so, he was positively identified through his fingerprints. And he kept denying it, which is funny. But no. No, it's, mm, y'all have the wrong guy. I'm sorry, you look just like this wax head and your fingerprints match. So, we're pretty mm-hmm. sure it's you, buddy. Yeah. So, now, um, kind of some final things about the interview with him. He said, like, John List said that he thought about the murder again for weeks before it happened. And he really thought he was saving everybody by sending them to heaven. Mm-hmm. He thought it meant instant forgiveness, which is fucking stupid. <laughs> um, he said, he was said to have, and this is offensive, he was said to have an obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Okay. So he doesn't feel problems and instead represses them. I can there are a lot of people out there. It doesn't there. mean you can just murder people. There are a lot <laughs> of people out there with obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. personality disorder and different forms of it. Um, I personally have like some some obsessive mm-hmm. compulsive uh, spaces in my mm-hmm. in my life and in my own mental health that I deal with on a regular basis. So it's just one of those things where I'm like, that's just insulting to kind of try to that's use not an that. Excuse. Yeah, to use but that I guess in this back way. Where he, what, the time period he's coming from, I'm sure what like mental health was used for excuses for stuff all the time. Right, right. I just you know, I, I just don't feel like this is related at all. It'd be different <laughs> if it was a mental health disorder that included 
delusions of some sort and hallucinations mm-hmm. and like audio hallucinations and mm-hmm. like when you're hearing voices and you genuinely believe that it's like a higher power telling you to do something and we've seen a lot of those cases and i mean i think like he would have grown up when people are still being like committed into a sane asylum oh right? yes so like it was yes. probably like somewhat like the like the basis of that argument probably seemed reasonable to him the asylums didn't start to like become um abandoned and like that whole mm-hmm. thing was kind of getting shut down until the reagan administration which yeah. i believe is in the 70s i was gonna say i think it was later than yeah, because then late. they just dumped all the people in those asylums onto the streets and that was a big part of like the homeless epidemic um, where you have people okay, with mental illness who mm-hmm. now have no what's well, a whole other short that i could rant about tortured that one. probably in these as- asylums right yeah so it's just um which if you've never seen the documentary cropsy Ooh. holy fucking shit oh i got chills saying it okay um that's some fucked up shit if you want to talk about um asylum abuse and that sort of a thing it's hardcore though so like if you're if you're on the fence about that sounds a little intense for me don't do it but like <laughs> it's it's really eye opening and really interesting um so anyway let's see um da 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 he deals with his shit in like a really cold clinical way like that's just kind of his his manner he's really calculated and the more he analyzes a situation the more he comes to the same conclusion. It's just, like, more mm-hmm. affirmation that, like, this is this is exactly the solution that I'm supposed to follow through with. And he, again, extremely detached. So, wrapping up here, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about the trial and conviction. Okay. So, he was extradited from New Jersey for the hearing, or to New Jersey, excuse me, because he was in Colorado. He was extradited to New Jersey, mm-hmm. and it was extremely high profile, of course, because he'd been on the run, America's Most Wanted, like, this was a big deal. Um, he right. never expressed any remorse and just referred to the murders as unfortunate. <laughs> Yeah, you can see that. And then, of course, aside from OCD, he mm-hmm. had no mental health issues and nothing that could explain his actions, but his defense, of course, tried to play it off like that, which is like, mm-hmm. sorry, no. Um, the psychiatrist that evaluated him testified and shot that shit down, like, really hard, mm-hmm. which is great for the, he, you know, that was kind of struck down. This was so premeditated and so calculated. There was just, like... There was not much that his defense could do at this point. And then he had a confession letter that he wrote to a pastor. So, like, what What is... What are you going to do? What is the defense? Like, what is there to defend here? Like, Mm -hmm. his best chance is going to be trying to, like, get a good, like, make a deal and, Mm -hmm. you know, get a plea bargain if he can. But he was convicted of first-degree murder in 1990. Okay. Um, He got five consecutive life terms, and he died in prison. On March 21st, 2008, Mm -hmm. he lived to be 83, and uh, this was actually the most severe sentence available in New Jersey at the time, so I feel like if they could have, you know, given more of Right, it would have been more. Then they would have probably, they would have given him death, you know, if they, Mm -hmm. this is definitely, like, death penalty worthy type case, in my opinion. I'm not, like, huge proponent of death penalty, I'm definitely not against it. I just want it to be, like, concrete evidence. Like, there's, you 100% did it. I need DNA. I need a confession letter like this where it's literally, like, who else would have benefited from killing his entire family? No one. Like, these are the type of cases that I think should be reserved for the death penalty, but that's just my opinion. (laughs) Um, So, final thoughts. John List 
had the nerve to say that he felt safer in prison than out in the world with all the unsafe drivers who had road rage. Oh, my God. If that tells you, that's just kind of like his personality in a yeah. nutshell. What <laughs> prison's just way safer. Have you been on the interstate lately? It's- they have road rage like crazy. I can't. I just can't even do it. I it's, can't even make my daily commute. It's reasonable to my fake it's ass more job. It's reasonable to be in prison, really. Um, so he's it, so annoying. Like I just this is it. really the right thing for me. This is really uh, how things should go. Mm-hmm. Uh, how things should be very practical. And I'm hoping that he's you know burning in hell, and he probably <laughs> is. So there's a twist. Also, this is a fun, this is a really fun ending. So we're ending on a light note, kind of, this will be two weeks in a row. We've kind of ended on a lighter note, which is good. Um, So his fancy ass house, he actually had a stained glass ceiling in the ballroom. And apparently it was worth over $100,000, which would be more than $620,000 today. Because it was done by this famous artist named Louis Comfort Tiffany. That would have solved his entire financial situation. And he killed his whole family instead because he's stupid. Thank you. That's John List. What a piece of shit, you guys. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the fun twist. I almost wonder if he had known if he would have even wanted to do that because that would he was have, so stuck in his plan. That might that that and also like it would have been it would have looked bad. For him to to do that. And it would have hurt his self-esteem on how, like, he feels and sees himself. Either that or it might have been just, like, a way to buy more time. And, you mm-hmm. know, like, that that's the other piece of this. But, I mean, like, $100,000, like, that's actually mm-hmm. kind of, like, he could have played his fake game forever. But and then like, it's probably better just to go ahead and it's just... <laughs> in his mind, he made the right exactly. choice. The like, only choice. I, I don't know if he had... If, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you guys, that's John List, the story of the List family murders and the horrible, horrible, tragic deaths of Helen, Patty, John, and Frederick, and Alma List. Wow. That's a lot of family members. So. It is. So, we will jump into, and I'll give you some more information on his um, natal chart. Woo! Here we go. Party! Woo! Okay, we're back. Hello, we're, we're back. It's time for the chart. <laughs> and I have another orange. Well, no, you guys didn't see the other orange. Yes, you did. I ate a cup a little bit. Did you? Here. I don't remember. It's orange time. We love oranges here at Dark Alignment, and <laughs> mm-hmm. it's time to look at the chart of piece of shit John List. We what? have John List here. Pulled up. Or wait, what's his fake name? Robert P. See. Clark. We have Robert P. Clark. Ooh. I've never shown y'all. Oh, and in the light. Oh, yeah. We can get it to ah! Yeah. <laughs> it's like special effects that's, slash graphics. That's perfect. It's It kind of represents like the new moon that he was like born on because like the sun and the moon come together and like the moon and We're the light. We're into and symbolism as well. Like, <laughs> uh, so yes, he was born on a new moon in Virgo. Um, so his sun and moon are in Virgo. Also, Mars is right there. Um, my jaw just locked up when I tried to take that bite. Oh, no! Um, so he has a lot of Mars influence on himself, too. Um, and Mars is a lot about taking action. He's gonna really want to take action on all of these, like, views on how things should be and, like, (laughs) very detail-oriented type of things. He's self-motivated. 
Generally. You could say that. Anyway. In his own special um, shit way. He's like really taking his personality and his thoughts and feelings and putting them into action in the material world. Okay. Um, then Mercury is also in Virgo, so this gives him a Virgo stellium. He has more than three things, three or more things in the same sign. Um, so he's also going to communicate in this way where he's kind of, like, um, for his chart specifically kind of detached, because uh, normally you really would say detached more for, like, a couple other signs, but, yeah. like, um, Virgo, his way his Virgo is looking is kind of detached communication, very, like, practical like well this this then this and so this like like um these are the reasons and this is the conclusion or, it's like step by step right like, it's very like if you've ever taken a logic class like breaking down an argument like that it's like um it's very practical it's just very practically minded um mm-hmm. that's the way he like rationalizes things so much um uh and the way he'll come off talking about his crimes as so like minimizing and distant and cold <laughs> and well this and then this and then this and then it, like that's just well she well, that's that where, was unfortunate that's where my mom is it. yeah well that's where she is very matter of fact yeah, yeah. okay yeah. that's a good way of putting it yeah. um because that like there's not a lot of feeling attached to really anything on his chart um except for this view of escaping so um, oh, man. Let's see, next I have on here, um, where do I want to go next? I wrote a lot of things. <laughs> I know, you were like, my notes are kind of crazy. They're kind of chaotic. Uh-huh. Um, well, okay, so I'm trying to go back to like, <clears throat> okay, so his, I'll try to go on maybe chronological, 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 his uh, Chiron is in Aries in retrograde. So Aries okay. Chirons can show a lot of trauma around like aggressive type of situations. Um, and maybe like in retrograde, it's kind of more reflective. Like I, it makes a lot of sense for him to have been like um, maybe not directly injured in battle, but like witnessing all of it and being in that experience mm-hmm. and having that memory always there. And like, yeah. Um, and this could have reflected in other areas of his life as well as going uh, into combat. This could have been, like, maybe maybe there was somebody younger in his life that was, like, mean to somebody close to him a lot or something. Like, I'm not really sure what his, like, childhood situation was. But, like, yeah, there I mean, was... he's an only child, so Chiron it wouldn't have tends been, like, to... a sibling. But Chiron... it could have been a friend. I don't know. It doesn't you never seem know. like he had a lot of friends, but I don't know. Maybe he did <laughs> when he was a kid. He's just mm-hmm. fucking maybe weird. Maybe he saw people like... getting bullied and he maybe... was, like standoffish uh, from that like I, I there's like that, a ton of situations could I could see this yeah coming through because Chiron tends to come through in multiple ways until you rise above it um thanks Chiron <laughs> for always being but there. you do you do generally rise above it um well, that's good that's positive um it's something you it's it's the wounded healer it's like uh it's like when you talk about heroes in literature class and they have that like uh fatal flaw mm-hmm. but that ends up being the thing that like um, carries them through <laughs> the storm them through the and to like, the fucking resolution. That becomes their salvation. Yes. Like it's it's you turning your wound into um, this like greatest aspect of yourself. Basically, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's a lot of what Chiron tends to represent. So it hurts you and hurts you and hurts you until you flip it. 
Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway. Okay. <laughs> his his is related to um, definitely the combat thing. Definitely, and I could even see through that some possible PTSD. Um, mm-hmm. Or even just like seeing himself in like a very different way with the being with aggression and how he views aggression, um, but he's also so influenced by Mars being on his sun and moon. Like I think that would be really stressful. <laughs> he um, seems stressed. Like he wants to be active, but he's very focused on doing everything how it should be, like the right way. Like uh, he's Ugh. very vocal about yeah. Like I said, he's very vocal about his like. Um, views on how things should be. Not not his emotions. His emotions are more repressed with this um, Venus and Saturn and Scorpio. Um, they are yeah, like very close to each other, just barely conjuncting. Um, and this can bring like that stern kind of OCD repression thing he was talking about. Um, and this is like in combination with all of his Virgo placements. It's, this really fits. Um, okay. A lot of pre- repressing feelings, uh, being unhappy and dissatisfied with the world. Um, he definitely was. <laughs> and he voiced, well, he voiced it after the mm-hmm. fact, and then of course it came out in other ways, but like. Yeah. Like he's secretive. It's almost like his inner world is just very, it just is so private. Maybe he doesn't even see it all the time. Like, wow. Um, like it's it's not really his necessarily his shadow side where you need to see it come out through other people, but I but mean like, it could be. It's just but it seems more like it's just so ingrained and like dark in him. Like he doesn't. He's like, like he ruminates there, and then he decides what he's doing with his life. But he's not mm-hmm. like re- seeing it for what very it is. disconnected, like mm-hmm. from the self. Is yeah. what it sounds like to me. Like that's mm. mm-hmm. yeah. There's a there's disconnection's a good word for that. Yeah. Um. And I think that's a good word for a lot of his life, actually. Yeah. Um, Disappointed. Disconnected. Mm. John List. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but Saturn and Scorpio also makes you very, like, unyielding and tenacious and, like, seeking kind okay. of, like, a uh, discipline, power and discipline, hardworking, um, but almost mysterious, you know? Like, how are they How are they able to do all of these things? Yeah. Or, you know? Like, wow, they get so much done. Because uh, there's, like, a passion behind this discipline when it's working well for him. Um, okay, I can see that. And, I mean, when I say working well, I don't mean that he's doing good things rather than bad things. I just mean with whatever he wants to be doing. <laughs> it's going in He's going spirit. to have some discipline yeah. with it because there's so much, like, just a, kind of like a carnal drive with this kind of placement and with his Mars on his sun and moon. Um but with Venus there, it does make it especially challenging for relationships. There's, like, a restriction there. Um, but also this feeling like he needs to, like, make it work. <laughs> That's definitely what he was trying to do. You know, I got to get on that bus mm-hmm. today. I got to... I know mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere, essentially, but I need to get on that fucking bus. Yeah. And pretend that I am. Like, right. that was his... Oh, and then, yeah, and then it's in Scorpio, so this is, like, also telling of secrets there's kind of like a secretive like underlying energy like scorpio is always looking for what what people's intentions are and like what needs to be um not fixed but like kind of transformed like i think his um his marriage which i'll go there next (laughs) um is really telling on the chart because he has um this he was misled into it so that's almost like it's, it's also opposite his Chiron, so it's, like, 
there's this uh, trauma associated with it, and then he has this secretive scorpionic intense kind of like lead in being just deceived into a marriage. Uh, Juno is about marriage and commitment. Okay, I there's something I need to address <laughs> okay, at this ahead. point go that ahead. I don't know why I didn't talk about it sooner, but you, like it just jogged my yeah. memory. So this piece of shit <laughs> believes that murder is like fine, being poor is terrible, but apparently, like, this super christian guy, he thought he got her pregnant before they were married. He's cool with premarital sex. It sounds like he just picks and chooses. Oh, yeah. What he wants to fucking freak out about. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I keep hitting your You're computer. But, like, but he justifies everything he does, and he has to uh, because it's that, it's that Virgo energy of, like, okay. you have to, like have a reason behind it. You should be yeah. right. You should be, you should know better. You should blah, blah, blah. Like a lot of the air signs have okay. issues with that, with the moon placements especially. Yeah. It's like, well, I should have known better than to feel this way. Or okay. I should have known. I mean, I can relate to that. Yeah. I have a lot of air. I've got a, <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, got, got air moons. Um, um, but that's just like one of the things that really frustrates me even more about him is like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you want to go buy the book, but your book was written by a fucking squirrel. So, right. Like, like he can't, he can't acknowledge that he's, that's, I'm sorry. That I didn't, he's taking a different approach either. Cause he wants to, that, okay. I'll get into his thing about reputation. Um, in a yeah. Minute. Please continue. I just needed to, as we got <laughs> on that subject, I was like, you know, yeah, you need let's to, talk about this thing that I like didn't go into that I should have because that that's interesting though. yeah it's it's annoying okay mm. king of the Lutherans like <laughs> all of a sudden he's so high and mighty uh-huh. yeah he's so but, but I can have premarital sex I don't even mad at her it's and I fine. also thought like what if you know back then that don't think they didn't have fucking decent right, pregnancy not... tests it was like in the 1940s she could have had a miscarriage no, she could have you know she might not have periods. even tried to deceive him but right. in his mind definitely it, it doesn't yeah. matter because in his no. mind she did but like yeah. in reality that might not have been the case like it's not mm-hmm. like you know, maybe she didn't blatantly lie about pregnancy. She may mm-hmm. have actually thought she was pregnant because she yeah. skipped a period or something. Like, right. I don't Who know. Who knows? It could have been, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. Mm. I didn't mean to I, I, I think that's a really good point, though. It just made, so. it frustrates me. <laughs> Everything about this story frustrates me, but that's just like, it's like a sticking point. We've got a moth not, situation I know, I'm seeing a few <laughs> moths. I'm going to have to figure something out. They love us. Okay, um... Yeah, and so uh, Venus there, and like entrapment thing, and so these are all both squ- Venus and Chiron retrograde are both square his North Node conjunction. Okay. He's got North Node retrograde in Leo, conjunct like right next, right on top of Ceres and Lilith. So Ceres is about your foundation for love, your basis for like comfort, and um, it's almost maternal feeling. Um, and then Lilith is kind of your self-empowerment and your sexuality and how you really push to make things like happen in the way you need them to for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so it takes, it kind of, so (laughs) I'm just like frustrated sometimes seeing, um, everything about him is frustrating, so it's fine. (laughs) Everyone thinking about everyone is frustrating. Yes. Um, so this marriage, especially with, with his love life, is has been like a history of making him feel disempowered and a lie like on his life path. Like he's moving forward on his life path, but through like 
what he views as deception, at least, mm. um, and people undercutting him and taking advantage of him. So he sees it as, like, um, and, like, not, like, a true love, really, either. So that kind of ruins, like, how he views love in general, right. his foundation for love. Um, and he feels like he's, he probably doesn't ever feel like he's on the right track. Like, he wants to do things how they're supposed to be done, because <laughs> he really cares about that. He really cares about his reputation, too, and how people see him being on the right track. Um, but he feels like all of these things, like his trauma and his love and like how he, it's all like just setting him up for failure a little bit. Like that kind of makes his Uh, hatred for the world even worse. Like not not really the world, but like, um, how things are actually working, like rather than how they should be. He has a lot of failures. I mean, Uh like very kind of almost idealistic. Yeah. Yeah. His South Node then puts it in, um, Aquarius. So he has this idealistic thing. From his past, but that's not. He needs to, he needs to be overcoming that into this Leo place, and he's right. of expression. Um, and this marriage and this family are really holding him up from that. Uh, of course, um, he's very frustrated <laughs> with them. And it's really interesting in Leo because Leo is also about children and joy and family and celebration and really like culmination of all the things you should want, like. <laughs> Like, all of these, like, joyous things. By the book, it's part of the plan. This is what you this should is, enjoy. Yeah, like, in expressing, like, you're, you're supposed to have this, like, amazing, loving family, and you have a party, and, like, it's kind of like the Ten of Wands energy. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think, like, where it kind of just looks like this big family celebration, and they're just like, oh, so exciting. Ah. Uh, and everyone's having a great time. You're, everyone expresses themselves fully, and they're just so happy, and well, whatever. Um, having children, as many children as they could want, like affluence, not even affluence, but like, um, abundance. That's the okay, word okay, for. yeah. Um, affluence is more like Capricorn, which he also has an issue with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's... He's got issues all over the uh, place. And he has delusions over kind of what this should be. He has Neptune there as well later on in Leo. Um, and then, yeah, what else did I say? He's going to be very <laughs> vocal about his resentments on his marriage. Oh, um, I wonder what kind of like backhanded compliments mm-hmm. and like these like oh, I'm sure. passive aggressive like, fucking comments mm-hmm. that he would make to Helen. Like probably I, very, mm-hmm. yeah. Very you know he very, did. You know he did. Because that's his mindset. Yeah. Because that's Mercury is involved. That's his mindset and how he's communicating. Uh. Um, but he's probably going to do it in this kind of holier than thou thing, kind of like a demeaning way, like. Um, Kind of almost like if you had your Lilith in Virgo and you were pissed off, like or like maybe Venus there. Like it's kind of mm. it's kind of like you. He's already unhappy with the situation, and then for he the way he communicates is going to be very nitpicky and um, as if like he knows better than you do, kind of thing. Got it. Because um, I mean Virgo can be very nurturing and care for others, but on the flip side, they can see all these little things that they can pick at. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like makes sense yeah they might they might not it's like an analytical type of uh, yeah it is a very analytical energy um along with like the uh like aquarius and scorpio and um but it, they t- they do it in different ways so it's okay <laughs> it's different um so then we have his job thing and this so i'll get into like his his job thing. Oh, so his personality, you kept saying, was, like, what was affecting his job. So, 
Uh, they were like, this guy is so <laughs> off-putting. Like, we don't even want him as, like, even though he's great at his job, he's just, like, so weird we can't have him around. Like, like no. So that's I could see him being awful. very overbearing, kind of, uh, what is it called when people, like, micromanaging a little bit? Ugh. I could see him doing that. I could see him being, like, even just, like, all that Virgo energy, like, of him, like, Really, like, not that, I mean, if you, I mean, not the Virgos are always like this at all. Right. But with his placements, um, like, He's it, just like it could see it being a lot. Uh, like, sun, moon, stellium in Virgo. Uh, really wanting everything to be done the way he thinks it should be done. Uh, um, you know, he was so fucking annoying. If, he tells people how to do his job. And, and like, if he's not self-aware or if he's not, like, genuinely emotional like he's not empathizing with the people around him with his other placements uh, um where like when when virgo empathizes with people it's not really that big of a problem because they don't want to they want to they want things to feel nice when they t- say things okay. but with him that matter of fact speech and like that matter of fact like practical meticulous situation he has going on it's going to be exacerbated in his um, workplace with Jupiter and Capricorn oh, trying it. Oh, you know he was the worst at work. So I think it just it would definitely came out extra at work. And then him wanting to Capricorn is also you know it's it's representative of like the tenth house, which would be like your mid heaven, your reputation. Since we don't have houses on this chart, uh, it can show a lot about how you um, feel about like earthly gains uh and leveling up in your life and Mm, how you are seen by other people yeah a little bit of power a little bit about affluence um so he (laughs) uh, a lot about structure he loves structure it's a place of structure um hmm. it's him like really wanting to expand it wherever jupiter is on your chart it's expansive Mm -hmm. it's expanding that energy in your life and it also makes you kind of like side note like kind of makes you like like people of that sign or people who have a lot of that sign in their chart so he probably got along with capricorn or he wanted to he probably liked capricorn nobody was returning that vibe to him not sure if they if they would have really gotten along but he he probably liked Like well, he Capricorn ended up, like, people. getting remarried and, like, living a normal life after mm-hmm. he committed all his crimes, too, which is kind of, like... That's his... That's, that's after his he... Okay, I'll get to that. Okay. Oh, okay. And then, I didn't know you had anything. I have, a, I have a thought about it. Okay. okay um, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for everything. Uh, expanding... Okay, so he's really expanding his um, appearance, his reputation, how he feels powerful, he's... Really, this also shows where he's, like, taking himself seriously. Oh, um, so serious. You know, he already has a lot of placements that make him want to take, make him take himself seriously, like that, uh, that Saturn Scorpio thing, and, I mean, a lot of his emotive placements are all very challenged and conflicting, so he's really repressive of a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, it just makes, they don't make sense, so it's just... Not. It all makes sense except the things. <laughs> or he could probably, or he might rationalize his emotions. Okay. Like overly, yeah. so then they kind of just turn into the dwindle into like these little things of nothing in his mind, mm-hmm. and then he pretends they're not affecting him. They're like bullet points <laughs> on a fucking. I felt sad, and then I felt blah. And blah, then blah, I felt blah, blah blah blah. 
And that's why it makes sense and putting it away now. Um, yeah, like, like filing it away in a filing cabinet. But that's not how it works. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> that's not how your it's emotions not how work. It works. Um, and, yeah, feeling also very restricted in life because his planet of uh, expansion is in the sign ruled by Saturn, which is about restriction and structure. So it's kind of like a ah. not the best place for Jupiter to be. So he kind of. Feel, it's more of that feeling of feeling trapped and wishing for this idealistic world that he can't, that doesn't exist. Right. Um, <laughs> um, and then, let's see. I think I said that already. Um, so with his... Yeah, so he definitely wants to come off um, very, like, in very practical and very well put together. Um, yes. But it's also tying into this view of him being uh, very religious. So he has mm. the sign, the asteroid Juno of commitment in Sagittarius, which is uh, travel and commitment and, re- and religion. <laughs> um, I haven't talked about it these... the whole episode, but oh, I had yeah. to. So yeah, just I almost did earlier when I said chaotic and I almost oh, started talking about her. I... Um, but I waited until you said Sagittarius. So Perfect. Okay. There you guys, it's the Brittany moment. There we go. There it is. Every episode. I'm sorry. If you could just leave a comment below, like, Scale what, one what, to the, ten. what the timestamp is of when Britney Spears was mentioned. <gasps> oh my god, we should start <laughs> tracking that. Yes, we're going to yeah. timestamp how, how long, long it, <laughs> How long until we mention Britney Spears? How long can I can we can you it? bet which part of the episode yeah we mentioned Britney we're gonna Spears. take a poll <laughs> people um, would probably be shocked that i waited this long this, this is like this is pretty long i held back earlier i really did so okay anyway, okay continue sorry um he also has folus there so folus is extra you're being like extra of something almost taking it too far whether it's for like the best for better or good or better or worse. <laughs> he definitely took it too far. Um, so he's really going to be committed and really take it really far with, if it's about travel, if it's about feeling free, if it's about feeling uh. Uh, connected to spirituality, um, or um, sometimes it's like mental adventures. Um, or like literal, it could be literal adventures like travel or it could be like mental adventures oh, or like, like... a nice escape. Um, not, yeah. well, for him escape, yes, but not necessarily for Sagittarius in general. Okay. Because uh, escapism is more Pisces. And Woo! Then, and then yes, this, like, is. sense of wanting to be able to feel free enough to go on an adventure yes. is kind of like, it's like that liberating kind uh, of, like... It's the dream. ...thing that's the Sagittarius side of it. I like sense. it. Where Pisces... You just want to like feel it. You want to escape and feel everything, and so it's I a really little do. different. Or Sagittarius doesn't. It's yeah. It's like similar but different. People um, are scared of that feelings part. Not a Pisces. <laughs> we want to go in hard. Where a lot deep. of Sagittariuses can really like escape, like not escape. They can really kind of distract themselves with all this adventure from their feelings sometimes. Where like ah. Pisces is almost like really. No, like Pisces is not doing that. Diving into the feelings <laughs> is the escape. Like That's diving like part into, of the escape. Yeah, yeah, it's like a piece of it. Like, okay, I have to go on an emotional journey to like escape in that way. Right. It's interesting. We're like, uh, think of it too. Like Pisces is a water sign, and then Sagittarius is a fire sign. Mm-hmm. So, but water sign, you're really more in the emotional space. Mm-hmm. Fire sign, you're making things. You're Action. doing things. Yeah, so that's like a do. Whether it's mental or whether it's actually in front of you, like you just want this like liberation, freedom thing. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's 
kind of where he's heading. Um, it can also show like higher education because you're really like um, adventuring through these like um, like textbooks. I don't know, you know, learning. like you're, you're learning. On like an learning is learning. is an adventure in itself in this placement. It sure is. Um, Stay in school. Can also look at like if you were going to have like a new teacher or guru come into your life. Uh, like you look into like Sagittarius in the ninth house kind of thing, just for people who are interested. Okay. Um, <laughs> so. Anyway, um, I was saying, <laughs> as I was saying, I just got so caught up. Um, but yeah, he's really going to be committed to like traveling and like you can see every time he starts an escapist kind of for him, this isn't part of his escape system because it's trying to Neptune and, um, it's also square to Uranus, which is in Pisces and retrograde. Okay. <laughs> um, it's also that trine to Neptune is forming a grand trine with his uh, Chiron in retrograde. So from this, we're seeing uh, his trauma tied in, his delusions and illusions on life tied in, the sense of wanting to escape with this really like extra element of um, the Sagittarius energy of wanting to like mm. be free and travel and go on these adventures, you know? So like... Every time, like, he had to um, get away from this family life that he felt like he was pushed into, <laughs> like, this un- unfeeling, weird family life, um, he would just go, his alternate to that would be to go into this um, journey, adventure thing, like, escape thing. Um like, when he lost his job and he was just, like, riding the train. Like, he could have been doing anything, but he decided to do something where he feels like he's, like, on an adventure a little bit. Like, he is, like, escaping so into an adventure. I love it. That's it's kind so of, like, it, it helps his trauma in some way. Like, it feels... He, no, I'm not unsuccessful. I'm getting feels, my suit on. I'm going to work. I'm mm-hmm. going through the motions of mm-hmm. my day as if nothing has changed. He's doing what he should be doing, yes. but then also getting this escape throughout the day, which oh I thought gosh. was really interesting. And he feels that it's healing to him. But then it obviously wasn't fully healing, and that really bothered him for a long time. And you can see, like, these squares were not going anywhere. That's the sin of poverty. Just... From the Venus and Chiron to his North Node situation. So, <laughs> so eventually he needs to do something about that because this is really bothering him. You know, and I, I can I only can do see... this for five years before. <laughs> I can see, like, yeah, this is just really, like, too much. Uh, I really just want to just do this escapism adventure part. Right. I don't really want to keep doing all of this other part. And, and he's always going to have reasons rationalizing why he's doing the, everything he ever does. Um, so I think, and then being able to tie this into spirituality too, like, I don't know if I'm making sense or if I'm just going on, but I think like he, he decided that it would just be, it would make more sense <laughs> to have his family just go ahead and go to heaven Um, and so he could, and then he would just go ahead and live, like, this adventure, fun, escape life. Perfect. Everybody wins. Um, like, that's his mind. That's, he's essentially, like, when you look at the chart, if you take out these squares, like, that's, like, the main stresses on his life. Like, he's just cutting, he's just literally killing off the stress in his life in his mind. Like, um, Hmm. it's really interesting to look at. He's an interesting guy. Like, all the stresses, like, are tied to what he just, like, his family that he killed. 
Um, and then he left like this grand trine energy, like, oh, I'm going to do this. I and am this. So I'm just so committed now. to travel. I mean, you did it for 18 years. You... That's really crazy. Um, yeah, really committed, like, able to like continue on with the deception in Scorpio. And then live a new and... life and start over with a new name and like mm. pretend none of it ever happened. Like, that's it's... the wild part of the story. Like, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is really crazy and terrible, but then like. To go on and just act like it never happened, live a totally different life. It's, it's oh, yeah. Annoying. And the way for him to, like, turn things on his head, like, with that Uranus retrograde in Pisces, like, that's kind of, like, where you find, like, this innovation in yourself, like, where you find this change. Mm. And for him, like, change is going to be about, uh, like, very unexpected. Like, it's his unexpected and it's unexpected with his, like, escape thing. <laughs> I'm trying to make that make sense. Because, um, like, yeah, his his unexpected, like, change, like, big life change is going to be about escaping. <laughs> that's that's how I'm trying to phrase it. Going on the lamb. <laughs> but in a logical, meticulous way. He's interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's, I think I covered everything that I was going to say. Okay. We didn't talk about his, like, getting remarried, though. That was the only thing. Did you? Yeah, because... I know I wanted to hear your thought on that. Because that's part of his escape. Oh, okay. So, like, okay. his, this grand trine that's left over after he kills off his squares that he thinks this is going to solve uh. his problems. Um, it's, it's the same energy, because he does have Juno and Sagittarius, but with that square that he had on it, it's, like, more tied to, like, all of the deception and the other stuff that was going on. I don't know how to explain that. Um, hmm. But he does have, like, moth. That damn moth. Got it. <laughs> um, we don't allow guests on this podcast at this time, <laughs> and it's not going to be a moth if we have one. Uh, no. <laughs> Just don't get in my face, please. Fuck you, moth. Just get out of here, bitch. Stay out of my okay. face. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but since it's part of his escapism energy, like, it, it ties into that. Like, I could see him getting remarried when he's, like, um, <laughs> when he's, like, having his escapism fun life, you know? Um, but oh, the first, yeah, I could see, like, there's probably still a lot of, like, mental issues for him with marriage. I'd be really interested oh, to hear yeah. what... Like what she would say about... What that marriage was like. That relationship. Yeah, because yeah, she was with him for... I mean, let's see. I don't know if, <laughs> I put down, like, important dates, so mm-hmm. I don't think I know, like, when he got married. Um, mm-hmm. I know that he was... The murder happened on November 9th, 1971, and he was not apprehended until June 1st, 1989. So... Yeah, I don't know. He's still not a feelings kind of guy. Yeah. Like, there's still a lot of things that aren't changing. Mm -hmm. He just. John List. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He really needed to find a way to express himself in a uh, better way. And he never did. Never did. Luther. This is North Node. Really needed to be able to express himself and empower himself and, like, uh, find a healthy form of love, like, foundation for love. And that's kind of. He decided to be easier just to murder everybody and that's terrible yeah so all right is that Um, him any more thoughts um he probably saw like the murders is partly also taking his power back being even though it's so heartless he he really just saw it as like well this is how i'm gonna overcome this and then i'm gonna yep wow i think that's only another note i missed i did pretty you did great with your did a lot of talking 
That was uh, <laughs> a pretty fucked up episode, you guys. Um, we really appreciate y'all tuning in every time mm-hmm. that we do a show. I know it's been a little crazy as far as our schedule lately, and obviously... Amy's having a baby real soon. It's mm-hmm. we're not gonna stop doing this podcast. No. We're gonna, you know, keep coming out with more content, more Patreon content. We mm-hmm. wanna, you know, have some more bonus material, just like shorter videos, rant videos. Mm-hmm. So stay connected with us and follow us at Dark Alignment. We are on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And uh, you can follow each of us individually. Like, subscribe. All the things, comment, tell us if you have any connections to any of the murder stories we covered. If you have suggestions or if there are stories you want to hear, or there's charts that you want to hear about. Oh, yeah, definitely let us like, know. Reach mm-hmm. out to us. We are into it. Um, we like, we're just so grateful. Thank you guys so much for <laughs> being for here. Watching. So, yeah, keep uh, being awesome out there. Continue to love yourselves, take care of yourselves, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 